Welcome back, guys and gals. Here we are, week 15. This is when shit gets crazy and teams have to play midweek and the weekend. So this is the rotation risk, right? When coaches are throwing in players that they don't typically play. Rest. And uh, Alex, you want to take it from there? Certainly. So a lot of interesting games this week. We're going to start off here with uh, Palace versus Bournemouth. We said, I said one nothing for Palace. You said 1-1. Game ends 1-0 for Palace, even though they got a red card. Uh, take, us through the, uh, take us through the game here, Joe. Well, you know what? Even though Crystal Palace got an early red card in the 19th, they actually ended up taking a goal in the 76th. Other than that, it was pretty even with yellow cards. The match, in terms of statistics, was actually in favor of Bournemouth, believe it or not. They had around 70% possession, which is reminds me of a FIFA match against one of your friends who shittered. And uh, the touches on the Bournemouth side were uh, up close to 800 touches. And their pass is phenomenal, around 600, 600 passes. They, I feel like they had dominated the game. And frankly, they just couldn't pull it out of the bag to, uh, to consolidate the win there. They had six shots, three of them on target. But like we always talk about, uh, the one that's in the back of the net is the one that speaks true, right? That's true. And for real, though, Bournemouth should have won. Like, 19th minute, your center back goes out of the game. They really should have won this game. Bournemouth are a better team, I think, anyway. But good for Palace for coming out with the 1-0 win. No, so no. moving on here, we got uh, Manchester City versus Burnley. 4-1 Manchester City. Just all business for them. I said 2 nothing. You said 2-1. All business for City. No problem. No surprises. Uh, in my opinion, I know I did say two nothing, but again, I could have said three, four, five nothing. It wouldn't have made a difference. Burnley got a late, late, late goal to uh, make sure they don't have the clean sheet. But with a seventy-six, twenty-four percent possession in favor of Manchester City, out shooting them by a lot here, and overall, just overall mm-hmm. played a better game. No surprise here with the win. Good for City to uh, keep up that uh, second, uh, the second place position there. Absolutely. And you know what? City just came off of, I believe it was a loss, and Burnley just came off a win. So I think that's where our skepticism came with the the 2-1 that we were predicting. Yes, I agree with you. Moving on here, we have Chelsea versus John Terry. People saying Lampard versus Terry. And uh, the game ends uh, 2-1 in favor of Lampard's boys. I said 3-1. You said 1-0. Game ends 2-1 for Chelsea. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are exactly what my prediction was. Awesome. Uh, great result. I didn't want to take anything away from Aston Villa. They're a great side, and uh, they got a great coaching staff. And it just goes to show that, you know, right before the first half, they were in. Like, that's when it really matters going into the locker, or the locker room tied up is a massive going into the locker room uh, one no down, right? So just incredible play by T- Tammy Abraham to score on what was his previous team act. And, uh, you know, just what respect he showed to that team. Awesome to see that he didn't celebrate. Just incredible chemistry to see Tammy Abraham chest that ball down to Mason Mount and Mason Mount, you know, take it off the first time and drill it into the back of the net. I think it's just amazing to see those boys play together. And I think this is just the, the beginning of something beautiful. You know, I have to agree with you because Chelsea's young boys this season, I remember from our very first show, I was very skeptical with the, uh, 
with their young boys with uh, Mason Mount. I've never really heard of him. Tammy Abraham, barely heard of him. And now those guys are the Chelsea's future, essentially. And their future is now, it seems like. Absolutely. So next game here we have, we had is uh, Leicester versus Watford. And uh, Le- oops. and uh, I said uh, 3 nothing for Leicester. You said 4-1 for Leicester. Leicester still wins. Doesn't matter. They're still second place. What do you have to say? You know what? I got to say it. I'm going to say it every single time. Who doesn't have a heartthrob for the underdog? And Jamie Vardy being who he is, where he came from, and what he does consistently is able to score. Although this game, his goal was a penalty. Um, Of course, you know, uh, skeptical if you come from Wofford and a definite penalty if you come from Leicester. But uh, regardless, being said, Jamie Vardy still continues to score. I think he had to retake that penalty as well. And um, it just goes to show possession 63% in favor of Leicester. And, you know, they dominated in terms of shots on target and shots in general. They deserve the win. Good for them. Stay at the top of the table. I'd love to see uh, Leicester continue to, to, to contend. It just sucks for Watford, like we've talked about in previous episodes. Um, Watford's really struggling to get their feet underneath them, and if it doesn't happen soon, they're looking at uh, relegation. I think they're going to get to drop. I think they're going to come last in the division, unfortunately. I really hope they wouldn't just because of how good they were last season. But, I mean, that's just uh, the luck of the draw, it seems like. So, uh, moving on here. we Absolutely. Yeah, moving on, we got Southampton versus Norwich. Southampton won 2-1. We both said 1-1. Southampton gets the win. Uh, your thoughts? You know what? Good for Southampton. Actually, uh, if you want my honest opinion, I think that this is a great result for both teams. I think uh, Norwich definitely could have won this match. Um, there were opportunities to have more possession. They had almost as many shots and almost as many shots on target. And it literally just comes down to, uh, are you lucky enough to make it happen? And you don't want to take nothing away from Southampton. They played a fantastic game. If I could recommend one thing to Southampton, it would be that they work because otherwise they are they're doing really, really good in terms of uh, shots on target and putting it in the back of the net. And I think that's what matters at the end of the day. Right, you are right, you are. And Norwich did have one the one goal. Pookie back on the score sheet again, first time in a while. Good to see him back there. It's just Norwich have no secondary scoring, and it's starting to show now later in the game, later as the season progresses. Absolutely. I think Timu Puki is one of the only players on Norwich that has shown that consistency of, um, at least this season, the ability to perform uh, under pressure. I mean, he did score in the 65th minute, and that was already when Southampton 2-0, so you know, gave Norwich that pump that they needed, but late in the game, and it just wasn't enough time to give Norwich to catch up. All right, all right. So next up we got are the Wolves and West Ham. Wolves end up winning the game 2-0. I said 2-1 for West Ham. You said 2-0 for West Ham. We both said that because West Ham was coming off a big win. Wolves are coming off a loss. Big turnaround for the Wolves. What do you have to say about that? I think that this was an incredible game. Um, Overall, possession was relatively 50-50. The shots on target for Wolves was seven, and the shots in general, shot for United was six. So it just goes to show with 13 shots and, you know, seven on target for the Wolves, 
couple in the back of the net, and it ended up making the difference today. You know, starting 23rd minute to get that goal, I think that that was huge momentum for them. And uh, this game really, I think, could have gone either way. Uh, it came down to 86th minute when um, Kertrone, I believe that's how you pronounce it, Kertrone had scored and really just consolidated the win for the Wanderers. And uh, they deserve it, you know, they need it, to be honest. Yeah, this for me was a statement game for the Wolves, a game where they needed to win. They need to start racking up some points. They have been big time underachieving this year, and hopefully they can slowly start to turn things around. So uh, moving on here next week. Yeah, and moving on here next, we have the big one, United versus Tottenham, the return of Mourinho back to Old Trafford. United end up winning 2-0. I really wish I said they were going to win. We both said that Tottenham comes out on top. But uh, Ole uh, just edges Mourinho in this game, giving uh, Mourinho his first loss as the Tottenham manager. Uh, I'm just going to give my thoughts on this game super quick. I know I said this earlier in the year that uh, Daniel James was the United's best player. But you know what? In the last month or so now, Marcus Rashford has really taken up that leadership role. He has stepped up. He's been scoring goals. He's been making plays. He's been doing his absolute best. He's in the top five for scoring now. And uh, hopefully he can continue this you know, run. I'm really, really, really glad you said that. And I want to go back to the first statement that you made. You know, Ole from Mourinho. I think it had nothing to do with Ole, and I think it had nothing to do with Mourinho. I think it came down to uh, more the pride of the players. And I think that Rashford wanted to sh- wanted to show, uh, you know, just for his club, regardless of Mo or not. I think that he he came out today, and there's definitely been a lot of banter about him and uh, the future of the club and uh, the leadership roles, so on and so forth. And I think that we shouldn't let that distract from like what you just said, Rashford red hot right now. He is a flaming devil out there. He looks absolutely phenomenal. And I think, um, you know, we had talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think that he should be wearing the armband. I think that he should be the one to lead his team. It's, it's not unusual for United to have a forward to uh to wear that band and you know like he started the scoring early six minutes in he scored a first goal what do you think about that he scored he did what he had to do and he's clinical now in front of goal it seems like patient like he's seasoned he's working up to it and you know and then deliane uh you know fantastic player um mo really got into the head of deli and and has really helped him conform and I think that they really work well together. Dele to score at the 39th minute, right before halftime, uh, set Tottenham on the right foot for, you know, potentially winning this game. But uh, they just couldn't hold back the red hot Rashford. No, he did. Sc- 49, 44th minute 49th. or so? He scored. 49th. Unbelievable. 49th minute. Unbelievable. Start of the second half, really sets the pace, uh, really starts showing momentum for United. And uh, possession was relatively 50-50. Shots on target were pretty close. Uh, the shots in general, you know, not too far off. Four more for United. But uh, I think that um, United has persistently done good against top clubs. And that's, I feel like, because of their history. And then they have consistently disappointed their fans and the EPL, to be honest, when it came to playing uh, lesser tier clubs. What do you think about that? I agree that? with you. Against the top clubs, they've been showing up. They've been playing how they should be playing. They've been getting points. They've been getting wins. They've been doing what they have to do. But against the little guys, they just can't finish. And uh, you say this all the time to me. You're only as good as the team you're playing against. So it seems to be ring true for United at the moment. 
Absolutely. Okay, let's get moving on here. Next game here, Merseyside Derby, Liverpool versus Everton. Liverpool score five. They went five to two against Everton. We both said they were going to win. I said three nothing. You said two one, five two. Marco Silva gets fired right after the game for Everton. What do you have to say about this? You know, I just got to say that this is a shame to see something like uh, I did want to see Everton get pummeled. Um, more or less, I just wanted to see Pickford get pummeled. Don't love Pickford as a, a personality, but although I, I can only say that I've never met him, right? Uh, just comes down to fandom, more or less. But uh, let's talk stats here. You know, 17 minutes in, Liverpool is already leading two goals. I think that it was an incredible move by, um, by Klopp to put in Origi and Shakiri, And I love seeing Shakiri play. Shakiri, you know, scores his first goal for Liverpool since January, I believe. First time he's been on the pitch. And uh, scores a goal 17 minutes in. And, you know, Everton re- rebuttals with, you know, uh, 2-1 for Liverpool. And before the half ends, we're looking at uh, 3-1, I believe, for Liverpool. 4-2. 45th comes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 4-2. Yeah, sorry, 4-2. Yeah, Mane scores at the 45th. And 45th plus. Rickleton scores a second goal. And then, yeah, uh, you know, there's pretty much 45 minutes there where – the game was more or less just Liverpool focusing on um, the little things, trying to make a difference in the overall game. I don't know if the manager should have been punished. Um, I don't feel like that was necessary. I mean, we just talked about United. Look at what United have been through. Um, they're going through a lot right now. And I feel like they're uh, they're trying to show some faith and they're trying to show some compassion and respect to what is a fantastic or what was a fantastic player and um, what is a fantastic uh, what would you call him coaching manager and now he's trying to be a full on coach so I think that they're trying to give him the opportunity to let him shine and uh, I just don't know if what they what Everton had dealt to their manager was appropriate. See, I think Everton, you know, they they the last couple of years have been spending you know, a lot of money on their players, you know, getting Ricarlison, they get Schneiderlin, they get all these other guys, they get obviously Pickford, Mina, Sigerson, Iwobi, they had Rooney a few years ago, they had Theo Walcott, and they still have Leighton Baines there, bought Moise Keane as well, they got all these great players, but I think it really just comes down to management for Everton, if you can't manage these players, you're not going to win, they're also at risk of uh, being dropped, which I would have never thought. They're in 18th right now. They're one point below uh, the uh, line there, but they're only three points up from 19th. Can they get dropped? That being said, I think it comes down to chemistry too, right? I think it's uh, chemistry of the players, and if they're not jiving, they're not working very well. Like, Let's just uh, let our fans know a little bit of the statistics here. Touches for Liverpool were around 704, and the touches for Everton were around 542. So... Frankly, that's just low for what should be a very competitive side towards Liverpool. Um, Liverpool have had a fantastic season, and we definitely like to harass our friend who's a Liverpool fan. And uh, also Alex's brother is a huge Liverpool fan. You know, they never walk alone, so there's always more than one. But, um, you know, they're having a fantastic season. That being said, the rest of the teams are not playing up to the expectation that they should be, like Alex just said. Uh, he never would have expected that Liverpool or Everton would be in the position that they are right now, and um, that's where they are. So what does that say about the Liverpool side? I definitely don't want to take anything away from them. They're playing absolutely fantastic, but uh, I would just like to see more competition towards them, Everton I th- included. I think uh, 
the later half of the season, I think uh, more and more clubs will rise up against uh, Liverpool. Anywho, let's uh, go on to the next match here. We had Newcastle-Sheffield. Newcastle ends up winning 2 nothing. the exact same score that you said. I said Sheffield one nothing. I really thought Sheffield were going to hopefully pull this out of the hat, but uh, they didn't. Newcastle ends up winning two goals, one in the 15th, the other one in the 70th minute. Uh, they were totally outplayed, out-possessioned, out-passed, out-everything by Sheffield. Still get the win. What do you have to say? Yeah, Sheffield more or less dominated, dominated the game, like we said. Um, you know, they had around 73% possession, absolutely incredible, around 800 touches and around almost 700 passes. Um, I think Sheffield has, has been one of those teams that's come up the ranks, and um, now that they're starting to see more and more success and, and more and more consistency and success that they're starting to focus on those little things and that's what turns a good club into a great club and um, I think it was just a shame of the result today um, I don't think that they should take it as a loss at the end of the day I think they should just take it as one of those days that comes one of those days that goes and that you need to let go because uh, they had more shots on target they had more shots in general and uh, just a bad day bad weather sometimes it happens and you got to move on I think that they definitely go into their next game with a win and um in terms of Newcastle, uh, absolutely incredible considering how little possession they had, how many, how few shots they had that they could convert when they did. So uh, for both teams, I just hope the best moving forward. Right, you are, right, you are. And uh, I really wanted Sheffield to win just because of how well they've been doing this season. So the last game of these midweek games is <laughs> Arsenal versus Brighton. We both said Brighton were winning one nothing. And oh, lo and behold, Brighton win 2-1. What are your thoughts? 2-1. thoughts? You know, we were going to have one of our friends who's an Arsenal fan on as a guest, um, but she's sick. And I don't know if it's because of this match, because it happened today, or I don't know if it's because of the the winter cold. Um, But regardless, if I was an Arsenal fan, I would be a little disgruntled uh, at this point. I mean, what can you Lacazette seems to be the only man who's putting his name on the on the score sheet, putting his name out there for points, and really putting his uh, his effort out there for Arsenal. Um, it's more than just a one man team, but uh, honestly, you definitely got to see other people step up and uh, set an example, right? Like, what is Lacazette supposed to compare himself to if he is the highest goal scorer? If he's um, you know always on the score sheet for Arsenal. He just has himself to compare to. So until other players step up and they really start uh, putting more ambition into their play, into the squad and what's happening uh, day and night there, nothing's going to change. They absolutely deserved it. Uh, The possession was around 50-50. They had more shots. They had almost twice as many shots on target and shots in general. And, um, you know, they're just moving forward. They're one of those clubs, clubs we uh, we wouldn't have been talking about four years ago, five years ago. It just wouldn't have been a, uh, a real contender. And now we're saying, well, you know, they're beating an Arsenal side that uh, when we were growing up, top clubs. So if Arsenal want to continue, you know, being represented as one of the top clubs, something's definitely got to change. And um, good thing for Brighton Albion to be uh, moving up the table here and just consolidating another win. Would you say, because of this loss, that uh, firing Emery was not the problem or the solution, or do we have to wait a few more games for that to happen? Well, you know, we've talked about this many times before. Um, uh, I don't think either of us have a fantastic 
opinion on Emery, right? We've never met him in person, but uh, from what we've seen, the politics and uh, what goes on, on and off the pitch, just uh, we're not a fan, right? Um, I do think that Emery was part of the problem, and I think that this is part of the phase of growing out of it. And um, that takes time. That takes a lot of time, and people got to have patience. And if you're a true Arsenal gunner, you will uh, stick through it, you know, thick and thin. You have to. You have to with this team, it seems like. So those are all the games from last week here. Uh, let's move on here. We uh, we actually were pretty correct for a lot of these games. Not necessarily the exact scoreline, but who would win and who would lose and whatnot. Uh, let's uh, move on to uh, this coming up weekend's game. A lot of big games happening. Let's start off with Everton versus Chelsea. I say, you know what? Everton lost. Everton's having a disappointing year. Chelsea's on the rise. Their young boys are doing well. They win 3-1 very comfortably. What do you have to yeah, I was about to say four four one for Chelsea is is my prediction. Like you said, those uh those young boys are really putting points up on the table, and um, more or less, I think they want to prove who they are, where they came from. Like you said, you hadn't really heard of them before this, and they're just trying to make a difference up. So until they actually go out and you know they pull out a legendary win, it's really gonna, no, no one's gonna give them the uh, representation that they deserve. Yeah, they're gonna have to keep on winning. So the uh, next uh, game here we got is, uh, well, Liverpool-Bournemouth. As much as I would like to see Bournemouth win, Liverpool win 2 nothing. I'm going to go ahead and say 4-1 for Liverpool. Again. Same, same score. Um, yep. Same, same score? Line. I think, uh, I, yeah, I think Klopp's got good momentum. I uh, don't want to take any Bournemouth, but uh, Liverpool's just been riding a fantastic wave this season. They're really ready to put put points up on the score sheet there and uh, this game's going to be no different. Right. You are. Okay. I have to agree with you there. So next we have is uh, Tottenham versus Burnley. Uh, I say Tottenham bounces back after their loss. They come out and they win a two, two, one against Burnley. What do you have to say? I'm going to go ahead and say three, nothing for uh, Spurs and Burnley. I really think that, um, you know, Mo's definitely going to go to the training ground. He's got a couple days here. And he's definitely going to really, really push the boys uh, and the men out there to uh, – or let me rephrase that. He's going to push the boys out there to redefine that they're men and um, show that they can put themselves up on the table and up on the score sheet. Uh, Spurs definitely deserve a win here. And I'm just going to go ahead and say 3 nothing for Spurs. Okay. Okay. Next up we have is uh, Crystal Palace versus Watford. Uh, I'm sorry, Watford. Again, another disappointing team having a very disappointing season. Palace doing very well this year. Palace wins 3 nothing. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say 2 nothing for Palace. You know, continue with the momentum. They lost the last game. Doesn't make a difference. I feel like they're coming up against a Watford side. All right, next one. Here we go. The big one of the weekend. The Manchester Derby. City versus United. I'm going to be bold as much. You know what? City's not in second place. Leicester's going to be the team that catches up to Liverpool. Therefore, I want United to win. I want them to win bad. I say they win 2-1. Exact opposite as you, and I'm going to say 2-1. I think Rashford, I'm, I'm going to even call the goal score. Rashford's going to take one goal. I think uh, Aguero is going to take one goal, and then I, I'm going to go ahead and say this Sterling's going to take the second goal to, uh, to win the game for City. All right, all right. I like it, I like it. Next up is uh, Villar. I mean, Sorry. I think it comes down to... Uh, I think it comes down to the stadium that they're at too, right? Well, uh, United in... just had a game at home, and 
home for this game, and it definitely means a lot more. Oh, definitely. And, you know, the pride of Manchester, right, is on the line here too, obviously. So you know it's always going to be big, no matter where they are on the table. So uh, next up we have is uh, second place Leicester visiting uh, Aston Villa. Let's go Leicester. Always let's go Leicester. I hope they win. I hope they win 2-1. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, exactly 2-1. I think Leicester is going to take this because of the fact that uh, Aston Villa just came off a great game against Chelsea. I think that the, regardless of the result uh, being a loss, a lot to take from that game. And um, like you said, Leicester's second in the table, and they definitely wanted that, uh, Liverpool's lead and down a peg. So, uh, and that's just for the sake of competition, right? I love seeing the neck-and-neck race. I, I don't like seeing someone get away. Okay, okay. So next up, we have two teams that won both their games, Newcastle versus Southampton. Both of them dominated in their games. However, they both come out with a win. Uh, This is going to be a tough one to call, but this is going to be my first draw of the weekend. It's going to be 2-2. I can say that Southampton's going to take this one 2-0. You know, Newcastle didn't have the possession that I thought they were going to have. They did have the consistency with scoring. Um, they just need to get the ball up there. I feel like Southampton's going to be a really healthy challenge against them, but I feel like Southampton's going to be able to uh, capitalize with the hard work that they've put in the last couple of weeks. Okay, okay. Next up we have is uh, Norwich City versus Sheffield United. For me, Sheffield takes this. It's no-brainer for me anyway. They're going to take it 2 nothing. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say Sheffield won over Norwich. I feel like Pookie, again, he, he might stand out. He may not. Um, he, Norwich definitely isn't a one-sided team, but uh, Sheffield has definitely been showing promise this season, and uh, I don't feel like this game's going to be any different. Okay, next up, Wolves versus Brighton. Wolves coming off of that statement win that we talked about earlier. Brighton getting that win over Arsenal. Two teams hopefully wanting to win this game. I am going to say... Just for the cons- just for consistency's sake, Brighton's going to beat the Wolves two three one. I'm going to go ahead and uh, have to call this one my first draw one one. You know, like we just talked about, both teams came off a win uh, a win. Pardon me, and might have been um, considered more. It was definitely against an emaciated Arsenal side. So uh, I'm just going to say one one and be surprised with anything else. okay next up uh, a battle in london here the last game here it's uh west ham versus arsenal uh i'm gonna say one one i don't think west ham is actually gonna win but i really don't think arsenal are gonna win this game either yeah i'm gonna have to go ahead and call a, a two nothing win here over west ham over arsenal um i don't think it's gonna make much of a difference i think west ham uh really pulling out with the, the momentum here. I think um, Arsenal's got to do not only time in the training ground, but time with the coaching staff, time with the manager, and just time overall to spend with themselves. I feel like uh, the result from midweek was definitely wasn't what they expected. And um, it's going to take time to recover not only from that, but the loss of the manager and um, rebuilding uh, their empire, right? Yeah, they're going to need a lot of time and they're going to need – to make some big changes, like you said, with the coaching staff. They're going to need to get used to them as well. So there you have 100%, it. 150%. Yes. So there you have it, everybody. There are our scores. Let's just look at the table super quick. Still on top are Liverpool. Second, we have Leicester. 
Third, Manchester City. Fourth, Chelsea. Fifth, the Wolves. Climbing up the table to sixth is Manchester United. Seventh, Crystal Palace. And eighth is Tottenham. You know, just for the sake of it, just uh, let everybody know, Sheffield United coming in at nine, um, 19 points. Just one point away from Tottenham Hotspurs and taking that eighth place. Um, they could definitely use a win, capitalize on that. And, you know, is only one point away from the Hotspurs, and they are tied with United right now. So uh, that race is super, super tight. And um, also top of the table, the race is super tight. Liverpool is just win after win after win. Um, this is just an incredible season to see. It is. It is Do you quite- think that any of this comes down to uh, all the turmoil that we've seen throughout the season with coaching staff? Uh, Lampard comes in, Terry comes in, you know, calls in. Uh, Pep's been really trying to get something going with um, City. We see Arsenal lose a manager. We see Everton lose a manager. Um, the season is maybe just so tumultuous and so volatile because of some of the managerial uh, drama that we've seen. You know, it has partly to do with it, but we also should talk about, you know, these teams, these teams that are rising on the table, Wolves, Palace, Sheffield. It's a money, it's, they're big into, it's a money game now, right? Like if you have money and all of these top teams, everyone in EPL has money so they can afford these top guys, afford the top contracts. So now they're able to compete with some of these big dogs. I mean, you look at the Wolves, who they've signed, like when they signed, uh, what's his name? They signed Ruben uh they signed that Portuguese midfielder. I can't remember his name right now. I'm just looking him up right now. Uh, the uh, yeah, when, well, they signed Cutroni, who is a uh, place for the Italian national team. They signed Ruben Neves at 18 years old. People were tipped for him to be the next midfield superstar. And he's actually doing quite well. They have Joao Moutinho. They have Rui Patricio. They have Raul Jimenez. They have Diogo Jota. Like they have a good team, and this team should be challenging for top six every single year. You look at. Uh, you look at Crystal Palace, they have Wilfred Zaha. They have, hold on, I'm just pulling out the rest of the team here. They have Mamadou Sako. They have, what else do they have here? They have uh, Patrick Van Anholt. They have Andrew Townsend. They have Jordan Ayew. Like, this is not a bad team to on paper, really. And again, they should be challenging up at the top of the table somewhere up there. So these teams are finally, like, they're getting their players. And they might not be superstars, but they're stars. And they're able to challenge against other teams, say like United, who have lost quite a few of their stars in the past couple of years. And they, like Pogba's not playing, who was our best player without a doubt. And we're having to play a lot of our youth players. And it seems to be leveling the playing field. Same thing could be said about Chelsea. Same thing could be said about Tottenham. With, uh, with Arsenal, the same thing. With uh, They are having their own club turmoil issues, frankly. But uh, with Liverpool being on top of the table there, uh, Klopp has really done a good job with what he's had. You know, he comes in, he, uh, he came in mid-season a few years ago. He got Firmino, he got Salah, he got Mane in different years each year. He got his goalkeeper, he got Van Dyke. He dropped a lot of money for Van Dyke uh, in January of uh, last year, but uh, worth it. And uh, this has uh, really helped their team become uh, top of the table. It has taken a long time for uh, Liverpool fans and for them, they're hoping that they can uh, stay and uh, win their first uh, Premier League ever. 
uh, what I like to hear. And uh, just one more question here before we let these guys go. Um, would you attribute part of Leicester City's success to the sponsor of their jerseys, King Power? Um, do you feel like that would give you some bit of extra momentum when you go out there? Not only do you have the word power on your jersey, but you also on there. Well, that gives you that little bit extra bit of... Uh, if you're like a king and you got the power, you got to play like a king and play like you have power. But also a big thing was when their owner passed away about a year and a bit ago, uh, that's when Brennan Rogers also came into the team and you could sense the team was different and they were going to improve. Brennan Rogers, by no mean was a bad coach at Liverpool. He did his best. He literally had a, like a bag of cones and a bag of balls to work with. And Luis Suarez, that was it. And he all, and he was two points away from winning the league, frankly, with uh, that team. So Brendan Rodgers is a good coach. He's getting the best out of Leicester City. And uh, ever since the owner died, you know, there was a... It's like the team change. It was not like what they were when they won the league because that was just straight-up Cinderella story. It was almost like, hey, we won the league once. Why can't we do it again? Kind of attitude. Amazing attitude. And with that, you guys, we will leave you until this weekend when we will have more results, more fake banter for you. If you like it, if you love it, if you hate it, I recommend you subscribe because regardless, you're listening to it. So cheers, and until then, ciao. See you guys.